Welcome to the Wisdom Hub, where we don't claim not the wisdom, but scripture does. The song you just heard is by Habera called Sin, and you can find it on all music platforms. Today, um, we are discussing the topic of relationships, um, from relationships to pre-engagement. So the first question is, are you both Christians? First, are you looking to marriage uh, to make you happy or complete or give you identity or purpose? When this happens, Christ is no longer your Lord in the practical way. Uh, marriage is a wonderful gift from God, but it cannot take God's place. Do you think getting married will provide meaning in your life, direction, security, self-respect? Do you hope marriage will remove a sense of despair, inadequacy, failure, bitterness, or isolation? Do you say to yourself, if only I could find a husband or a wife, then I'd be happy, or I can finally find love, acceptance, and security if I get married? or my life is a failure unless I get married. If so, you were asking too much of marriage because that's not what it's meant to be. People often come to marriage with uh, unrealistic expectations. Marriage will shape and affect your life in many ways, but do not expect marriage to do what only Jesus can do. Unrealistic and distorted views of marriage will lead to disappointment, frustration, anger, despair. When your partner lets you down and proves to have feet of clay, meaning they're uh, unmovable. Do not, do you think that marriage will be your source of joy and happiness? Is it going to make your life come together? There is no question that marriage is a blessing. It is the richest and closest human relationship we can enjoy. In a good marriage, there's the potential to receive many good things such as intimate relationships, encouragement, sexual joy and satisfaction, working, of working in partnership, children, and the freedom to be yourself when it comes to uh, being with someone you fully know uh, and accept. All right. What do you hope for in marriage? Like, are you hoping that marriage will fix everything in your life and will it give you joy? Right. And I hope the answer for many people is no. I know it's mostly yes because that's what we think marriage is and should be, but... And that's what it is culturally. Exactly, which is the wrong perception of what a godly and biblical marriage is because in order to be physically married with someone you have to be spiritually married with God first you right. know? so God should be a source of joy outside of someone else first because you cannot love someone if you don't love God first right because God's love is the perfect love and like the Bible says in James that perfect love expels all fear so if you can learn how to love some if you can learn how to love God without fear and without worrying about anything then you can transfer that love to someone else right so if you don't have a like a building block for what love is with God you cannot start on someone else because there's no example exactly right yeah yeah um so for people who are listening to this who identify as Christian that's what Christian faith is all about it's God 
Jesus Christ being our examples. Mm-hmm. Um, to to be Christian means to be Christ like, and it's very important that God is our foundation and our centerpiece to every working and moving part in the relationship. Because if He's not, you are going to continuously, continuously be in a cycle of disappointment where your expectations are not met. They're not fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You're not joyful. You know, you might be happy when they do what you want to do, mm-hmm. your partner, but when they don't do it, then what? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, are you going to throw a fit or yeah. are you going to, you know, be sad? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a healthy cycle to be in. Mm-hmm. But what a, what a healthy cycle looks like is, um, say, for example, something is going wrong in the relationship. Expectations are being verbalized, but they're not being met, right? Mm-hmm. One thing that would show God as like the centerpiece is like if anything goes wrong you know what I'm saying like maybe you guys pray together or maybe you guys pray together but also speak to God individually ask him for guidance ask him for answers you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like uh don't be self-righteous when you're trying to be in a marriage because your self-righteousness has limitation and the bible says God is all abundant uh, and that he doesn't have limitations. He mm-hmm. can do, we can do all things through him and he can do all things. Amen. So like, it doesn't make sense for you to expect your relationship partner to be able to do all things. Yeah. Because yeah. we are not perfect. And yeah. I'm sure if you look at yourself and reflect, mm-hmm. you know that you are not perfect. Yeah. Which is why you can, if you cannot rely on your own self, why what makes you think that you can rely on someone else exactly because you can make promises to yourself and still break them imagine what someone else can do right but if you make prom if god makes promises to you and says that he will never leave you nor forsake you and that he will protect you and he'll give you answers if you pray to him earnestly and with righteous intention then he should be like your source of wisdom your source of peace your source of joy first yes sir before you commit that to someone else and no human should be your saving grace or your pillar of strength. A wife or a husband is a bonus in your life. Don't look at them as the source of life because God is the source of life. Right. If you look at them that way, that is what will break away your relationship. Right, because you're looking for not Jesus Christ to save us, mm-hmm. but you're expecting your another human, another to, human save to save you. They can't, and that's they can't impossible. save themselves. Right. You know? Right. Okay, we we need to be honest with ourselves. Deep down, are we looking to marriage for what you hope to get from it? Or are you aware of what you must give because you have already gotten from God what you really need? Oh, that just hit me again. <laughs> You shouldn't be looking to get... Alright, so in every relationship that you're trying to go into, you shouldn't be looking to get anything from the person because you have all you need from God. Which means there won't be expectation from a person, but only from God. Which means God will. you will never be disappointed because right. God already has fulfilled you. Right. Whatever happens that is negative in that relationship will either be a learning curve or it'll be like emphasized yeah emphasize on what if that person is right for you or not right because if you're not getting what you you need from god right because you're not able to accept him why do you think you'll get it from a person yeah right who is also just as flawed as you right who deals with you know similar like the same struggles that you do you do yeah. you know what i'm saying which is why when going into a relationship always look forward to giving and doing and serving like you said your earlier. partner yeah. yeah i think i cannot put enough emphasis on that bro right it's like stop expecting what 
that person should do for me. Always have this mindset of what I can do for them. Right. Or how it can better our relationship. Right. By me doing this and that for them. And I think that's where we miss the mark. Right. Earlier I said first Corinthians six, but it's actually second Corinthians okay. six, fourteen through sixteen. But this goes into our next next thing we want to address was marrying a non Christian or just someone uh who is unequally yoked. Yeah, and um, that's a very important thing to consider because God can put someone in your life who may seem unequally yoked at first, but that person can learn from you and then you can yoke them equally to God. So not saying that it's okay to marry someone who's not on the same path as you. Of course, you should like consider what that person is like because you might say, oh, so you're telling me that it's okay for me to marry like someone who is not on the same path as you. Sure, it is, but analyze what that person believes in, first of all. Because it's good to have a foundation of who God is in your life, like as a person. And when looking to start a relationship with someone, you should also look, you should also question that person and ask them if they have a foundation in God. And if not, it should be like a checklist of, okay, do they believe in God or his existence at least? You know? Right. How do they live their lives? Are they obedient to God or not? Right. If they don't like pass both of those things, to me, it's a clear, a clear answer that, nah, I cannot be with this person because let's say they don't even believe in God. But like when you read the word and you look at the way they live their lives, you could say that they're obedient in some way, shape or form. It's just that they're lacking that belief in him. And then if both of you can be obedient and then you can like display who you depend on in their like as they observe your life, then maybe they can see that, oh, maybe there is a God. Right. This God is real. If he works for you and does things for you and you always go to him and depend on him and he answers you, maybe I should try him as well, you know. Mm -hmm. But I would say be careful. I, I wouldn't recommend yoking yourself with someone who is not on the same path as you are. Right. But I can't, I'm not going to say that. God cannot use them as well. Right. And also, the thing that's so great about God, right? Mm -hmm. Unlike with people, right? Like, you can believe something uh, one moment, mm -hmm. but people are always changing <sighs> their beliefs. But with God, it's like, you. once you believe him, you know what I'm saying? He's the same God today, tomorrow, and forever. Right, that's Hebrews. Yeah. So, yeah. God is something that... <laughs> Rely. Your belief in him doesn't necessarily change because once you acknowledge who he is, you know, you you can just choose not to obey him. Mm -hmm. Right. But like people, people always change what they believe. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, I may believe that me hitting someone when I'm angry right. is not it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But then one day I might think it, it is a bad thing. You know. Right? Or one day I might think it's a bad thing. And then one day I might think it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like. People change, but God doesn't. Yeah. He's always like reliable, constant, you know. Right. So unequally yoked. Junior explained what it meant. And there, there are people who try to excuse going against Jesus and his lordship, which raises real question about their own commitment to Christ. An example is righteousness versus wickedness. Light and dark, Christ and the devil, belief and unbelief, God and idolatry. If you choose to marry Christ, then romance, infatuation, and things like desire for marriage or your fears of not being married have taken control of your life. That is idolatry. Like when you think that something that is bad for you is actually the best for you. Do either of you have complications with entanglements from past marriages or relationships? <laughs> Very great point. Um, 
question that means. So I know myself. You know, right now I'm single. Let him know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just speaking real truth, real quick. <laughs> I'm most likely bound to, you know, reconsider relations from the past. Yeah. Why? Because not for like long term things, but you know, short term things. You know, the vibe. Quickies. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yes, I'm ashamed to say so, but yeah. But when you're seeking to be in a godly relationship, that shouldn't even cross your mind because an ex. Is an example of what you shouldn't be in. An ex is an ex for a reason because it's a learning experience of what you shouldn't put up with in the future and what you shouldn't compromise on. You know, because it didn't work out for a reason. And if God didn't make it work out, what what makes you think that you can go against His word and make it work out? Ooh. Like who are you, right, to rewrite your own script? Ooh. Because God is the author of Ooh. your life. Okay, so. Bro. You shouldn't try to like reshape your life if God has already like set the tone and the path for you to take. Right. Which is why it won't be successful. That's why you shouldn't go back to your ex. Okay, wait. Yes, you shouldn't if you're like completely committed to separating yourself from them. Right. And I say this because sometimes in a marriage like we read in that book that you can be divorced, but that divorce is not seen by God. Right. If God says that you guys are like truly meant to be, you might even get remarried again if that's God's will for that married couple because a marriage is a union in God first before it is a union between you guys. Right. So if God says this marriage is not over, you might even get remarried again, you know. Right. So for the most part, you should never go back to your ex. Right. Yeah. If you guys are interested in reading scripture on remarrying, uh, we suggest that you go to First Corinthians seven ten to eleven. Matthew nineteen one to nine talks about illegitimate divorce. Matthew five thirty one and thirty two. Romans seven two and three, and then First Corinthians seven twelve to sixteen and thirty nine all talk about marriage. And remarrying. So, if you want to go more into that, then uh, yeah. visit those scriptures mm. for sure. Fourth question: mm-hmm. Has God given you the gift of singleness? Many of us, I think, for the most part, if you think of it, I think many people are meant to be single. But you know, because we fantasize about relationships and being with someone, as because we think being with someone else will fulfill our life and will give us joy, which right. is quite the contrary. You know, because God, only God can give you joy. Like, I sometimes think about this, that what if I'm meant to be single and, like, just serve God and not, like, yoke myself with anyone else? Because when you bring someone else into your life, you are inviting problems. Not saying that being in a relationship is a problem, but you're gonna encounter problems, you know? Yeah. So those problems are time away from serving God and time away from getting to know him better because now you're focused on another person right you know and your time has to now be exactly divided. it's divided you know yeah instead of all of it being committed to god right so the reason why god is saying that some people are meant to be single is because he knows that when they bind themselves with other people they will lose track of their purpose which is to get to know him which is very common yeah yeah 
Which is why like you find many people in unhappy relationships and marriages because they were not even meant to be in relationships and marriages. They put themselves in that situation because they thought it would fulfill them and it would give them joy. Right. Marriage has a cost. It says in First Corinthians seven twenty-eight, those who will marry, and this is Paul, those who will marry will face many troubles in life. Mm-hmm. Not saying that it's a bad thing but yeah you just it's just a fact yeah <laughs> you have to expect it yeah you know? not saying though that people who uh, are single and unmarried don't deal with problems but it's yeah. like just imagine the problems that a single person deals with and then imagine trying to take another single person <laughs> who deals with those problems and then bringing you guys together to form something better <laughs> i mean being single allows you to deal with you but being married, you have to deal with you, your problems, your downfalls, your um shortcomings, and another person's. Right. That's twice the responsibility. And then you have to bring kids into that. Ooh. Oof. Now that, your time is really divided from God. And your finances. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. the more things you add into your life, the further... Okay, let me not say the further you get from God, but the more opportunities for you to drift away from God. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. Think of it. Are you meant to be single? Are you weak that if you're bound with someone else, you'll then lose track of your purpose in God? Right. Think about that before you get into your next relationship. Don't forget to consider what the advantages and disadvantages are of remaining unmarried. What are the costs and what are the benefits of getting married? Marriage can be a great gift and a blessing, but it can also be a curse if God's not in it. Mm Mm-hmm. But remember that the greatest gift is always Jesus. With him as the foundation, you will enjoy building a relationship and enduring love with your brothers and sisters, your wife, husband, etc. These are some questions for you guys to consider. Jesus Christ is called Savior and Lord. What do these mean in your life? That's one. Two, how do you pray about marriage? Is it, Lord, give me a spouse and then I'll be happy? Or is it, Lord, help me to be a better person, more worth marrying? Mm. Third question, uh, are you guys pretending to be a Christian in order to get a husband or wife? <laughs> Yo, that's so true. Because <laughs> you know it's interesting? Like, yeah. You know, some... Uh, some niggas some, will say they're Christian and they know God just to bag the jump. Right, like some men will see uh, a woman like they've never seen before, Right. And it's probably because of the fact that she is Christian, right? right. She's trying to be like Christ. So he's trying to like win her. Right, yeah. because he sees her as so valuable. He will pretend so he'll her. pretend to be okay with her faith for years and her walk of life. But and that doesn't last. Until like you guys are like settled and married, that's when he will show his true colors. Right. And then you will live in misery, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's how that's why we have so many divorces right now, because there's a lot of pretense on winning someone just to like secure them and not let them actually find the person they're meant to be with. Right. And also, don't be foolish enough to be to like be misled by someone only claiming that they're Christian. Right. You only see a person who's Christian by the way they live their life, not by what they say. Mm. Because we can all claim something and not live it. Right. You know, there are many false prophets who claim that we're we're preaching in the word of in the name of Jesus, but their actions are proving otherwise. Right. So don't be fooled by someone's words. Test them, you know. Ask them, what? what do you believe about Jesus? Do you believe he died on the cross for you? Or do you believe that 
he's just the son of God who, you know, came to save all. Right. Do you believe in salvation? And what is salvation? And what is grace? Exactly. Yeah. Let that person explain that to you and evaluate if the answer validates their Christianity. Right. Yeah. Always be willing to test someone. In fact, test everyone who enters your life. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What do you mean? Bro, some people enter your life just to distract you. Like, what do you mean, Tess? So you're, you're, you're condoning that people out here playing games. Oh, yeah. That's bro. okay. Why do you think there's so many, like, No, that's okay. People? That's okay. People playing games. What do you mean? Because it's like, I'm going to play a game. I'm going to test you. I'm going to see if you're really down for me. It's not really a game. <laughs> it's... I'll give you an example. Let's say um, I wasn't who I was right now. Let's say I was just like... Unbeliever. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> okay. And I'm just like, yeah, I believe in God, bro. But when I get home and you send me these scriptures, I'm like, this nigga, bro. What is wrong with him? You know, like I'm tired of receiving the scriptures. But when I'm here, I'm just like, yeah, bro, let's read, you know. But I know that I'm not happy. But I'm just saying that just to keep you around. Right. You know. Eventually, I'd show my true self because I'd get to a point where I'm like, bro, let's just do something else instead of reading the scripture. And then you'll be like, why? We always do this. And then that should tell you that this person was pretending this whole time. Or maybe that they're not pretending, but maybe they're just not where you are spiritually. You're right. But you shouldn't ignore that. Yeah. Right? Because spiritual maturity, like me and Junior were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. leads to everything that's in your in God's will for you. Right. Everything that's in yeah. his purpose for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if you're not spiritually mature, yeah. why do you think God will... Ooh, and we can add this to friendships too because why should you seek a friendship with someone who's not spiritually mature? What are you going to gain from that? Because we should be looking to gain spiritual friends, not friends who will just have a, help us have a nice time here on earth. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. All the relationships that you should aspire to or that you are wanting to have in your life should be beneficial to God's kingdom and should bring you closer to Him. Right. You know? Right. If I'm not looking to gain wisdom, godly wisdom from you, what am I doing in your life? There is no point, literally, for me at least. Right. You know, I don't associate myself with people just to be well known or to get clout or just, you know, meaningless things like that. I right. want to gain something meaningful from you in order for right. me to keep you in my life. You know? Right. I feel like. Um... And that being said, uh, what Junior said, it makes me raise a question for the people listening. Like, everyone's friends, if you look and just evaluate, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? If spirituality is something that's important to you, right? right? You know what I'm saying? Then are the friends that you have spiritual? Yeah. Right? And, and if it, they're wait, not... <laughs> not even if they're spiritual. Do they believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior? Because you could be spiritual, bro. No, nah, but even for people... They're evil spirits. Even people for who... Even uh, for people who are spiritual. Right. Like, they believe in the universe. They don't believe in God. <laughs> they believe in Mother Nature, but they don't believe in the person who made it. Like, it's, oh, like, that's, like, for the people who believe in that, right, uh -huh. who are very caring of just spirituality, like, the idea of it that right. you may have, even if it's not what we have, mm -hmm. are the people around you, do they share that same? Are they seeking God's will? That's the question. <laughs> Straight to the point, bro, because... I'm not looking for people who will take me away from God's will. Right. Or who will make me disobey Him, you know? Right. Because I'm not trying to... I'm not living for this earth. I'm living for the next life, you know? 
Ever, everlasting. Yeah, that everlasting eternal life. Right. So I'm not here to play games, bro. Okay, we get you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Have you made a public profession of faith in a Bible-believing church? Are you both free of prior entanglements from past marriages or relationships? Now think about what freedom is, right? If you gotta think about slavery, think about what freedom from slavery is, you know what I'm saying? Like, think about what freedom is, right? And then think about the question, are you free from past relationships? The entanglement. Okay, Yeah. in order to be free, what do you need? You need to forgive, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You need to be obedient to the Lord. Mm Uh, I don't remember where exactly, but it explains rather than being enslaved to ourselves, we need to be a slave to Christ right. because Christ is who can free us from mm-hmm. sin, right? So are you free of prior relationships? Um, does either of you have the gift of singleness and would marriage help or hinder your usefulness to the Lord? That's a great question. If you get married or when you're seeking marriage, prospectively, when you analyze this relationship, you're trying to build with that person. Right. Is that person going to help you further your spiritual growth or decline it? And that's all. I think that's it. That's the question. I think that's, that's cut and dry. <laughs> <laughs> because if you marry someone who parties every weekend, that person ain't going to take you to church. That person ain't going to make, <laughs> make you read the word. You know? It's like, bro, the marriage is off of a terrible foundation. Right. If the foundation's terrible, the house is going to collapse. Right. It's going to be shaky. (laughs) If an earthquake comes, that shit get knocked out. (laughs) Knocked down. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, are you building your house on a rock or on the beach? Wait, on a rock? Like the earth? Is the earth the rock? And the beach is like, is that like water levels rising? So the analogy is, if you build your house on a rock, no matter what weather conditions come, it's a solid foundation. But if you build it on sand, it's going to be blown away. It's going to be shaken. It's going to be unsteady, you know? It's going to be toppled over because the foundation is not solid, you know? So when you're looking for a life partner, think about that person's priorities. Do they make God their first priority? And the way they live their lives, is it like on a solid foundation where that person is obedient to God or it's the opposite? Because I guarantee you, whatever they're doing now, if that's like their foundation, it is hard to see how it will take a 180 from the way you're currently living, you know? It's gonna be hard for that person to, if it's hard for them to obey Christ, how can they help you obey Christ? Right. If they're not doing it themselves, you know? Right. So look for someone who will help you better yourself by bringing you closer to God. And yeah, if they can help you, that means they can help themselves. Okay. Yeah. You said earlier you wanted to talk about, do people have a track record of solving problems biblically? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that we should close it with that question. Okay, so do you know how to solve problems biblically? Mm -hmm. Do you do it? (laughs) And then if not, where do you need to change and grow? Right, Um, so- In Matthew 7, 24, 27, Jesus says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Which is what I was saying earlier. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had foundation on the rock. Mm. 
You see what I was going for. Yeah. First, uh, do you know how to solve problems biblically? So let's think about this. When you're angry, even like the slightest things, how do you react? <laughs> right. How long does it take you to forgive them? Those little things should tell you a lot about that person right. and if they have God in them. Right. Because someone who has God in them, like the Bible says, be slow to anger, be quick to listen, and be slow to speak. Yes. Right. Do you not only solve problems biblically, but do you do what the Bible says? Exactly. Right. Only fools vent their anger, which is what the Bible says in Psalms. So when someone like aggravates you, how do you react? Are you patient with them? Do you contain yourself or you just lash out? You know? Right. Do you manipulate people? Mm -hmm. uh, do you avoid facing problems? Yeah. Uh, do you let things slide until you forget about them? Do you uh, whitewash matters by pretending everything is okay? Mm -hmm. uh, do you store up resentment? Are you a sulker? Do you blame shift? Mm -hmm. Do you keep on doing things the Bible says is wrong? Right. When looking to like start a relationship with someone, those little details that you pay attention to, which we just discussed, are what will tell you if that person is like seeking God and they're on a like solid foundation. Because right, you wouldn't want your husband to um, yell at you if you make them mad or to like even lay his hands on you. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you wouldn't want your wife to do the same. So the way that person reacts in times of argument and disagreement should tell you like that person is good for you or not or if they're ready for marriage or exactly not. yeah so to enjoy the blush the bl ah, my bad. i'm messing <laughs> up too you contagious to enjoy the blessings in marriage you need to have skills uh in solving problems and building honesty and trust where do you need to change and grow to become wiser if you do not have a track record of solving problems biblically it does not mean you should immediately end the friendship right because all relationships should start with the friendship but it does mean that the caution flag is out <laughs> and you must work together in pre-engagement counseling on your problems or just be vocal and verbal in the relationship or the friendship that you're in are there patterns of sin in your lives are you tempting each other sexually are you critical or cool towards each other verbally or physically do you lie are you putting on a front or concealing areas of your past or present? Do you spend money impulsively? Are you bitter to your parents? Uh, do you have extreme fears? So we all need to be honest with ourselves and the person we are choosing, uh, facing these things in the light of mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ. These are areas in which we grow. Uh, if there is no growth, but problems continue to remain unresolved with one or another, then you should not marry. We are not speaking of perfection, because if we were, then who could ever get married, right? But marriage is meaningless if you cannot move forward in the right direction and progress. Why are we concerned about this? Problem patterns don't go away when you get married. Instead, they get aggravated and uh, the painful consequences multiply, right? Because another person is involved. For example, a single man with a temper problem may be annoying and obnoxious at times to his friends, but he will be frightening and dangerous to his wife and his children if his temper is dealt with uh, before the engagement, pain and heartache are avoided, right? Amen. So how well can you work and problem solve with this person? Thank you for joining us on Wisdom Hub and we hope we have given you some ideas on things to consider when pursuing a relationship. We hope you will join us again on the next episode.